...looking detective sergeants. Between themselves, the sergeants called him the Right Honourable Rape, which was more a pun on his name than a comment on his conduct in love affairs, in which he tended to display a distinct liability to panic. Lady Fanny Throbbing and Mrs Kitty Blackwater, those twin sisters whose portrait by Millet auctioned at Christie's made a record in rock-bottom prices, were sitting on one of the teak benches eating apples and drinking what Lady Throbbing called, with late Victorian chic, a bottle of pop, and Mrs Blackwater, more exotically, called Champagne. Surely, Kitty, that is Mr Outrage, last week's Prime Minister. Nonsense, Fanny. Where? Just over there, near the clergyman. It is certainly like his photographs. How strange he looks. I don't think one finds quite the same class as Prime Minister nowadays, do you think? They say that only one person has any influence with Mr Outrage. At the Japanese Embassy. Oh, of course, dear. Not so loud. But tell me, Fanny, seriously, do you think really and truly Mr Outrage has it? He has a very nice figure for a man of his age. Yes, but his age and the bull-like type is so often disappointing. Another glass. You will be grateful for it when the ship begins to move. I quite thought we were moving. Oh, how absurd you are, Fanny. And yet I can't help laughing. <laughs> so, arm in arm and shaken by little giggles, the two tipsy old ladies went down to their cabin. Two minutes before the advertised time of departure, while the first admonitory whistling and shouting was going on, a young man came on board carrying a bag. He looked exactly as young men like him do look. He was carrying his own bag, which was disagreeably heavy because he had very little money. He had been two months in Paris writing a book and was coming home because, in the course of his correspondence, he had got engaged to be married. His name was Adam Fenwick Symes. Father Rothschild smiled at him in a kindly manner. I doubt whether you remember me. We met at Oxford five years ago. I shall be interested to read your book when it appears, an autobiography, I understand. And may I be one of the first to congratulate you on your engagement? I am afraid that you will find your father-in-law a little eccentric and forgetful. Well, I must go below now. We will meet at Lady Metrelands on the 12th, if not, as I hope, before. Before Adam had time to reply, the Jesuit disappeared. Almost at once, the boat began to move away towards the mouth of the harbour. The ship pitched and rolled, and sometimes she would drop dead like a lift. It was this last movement that caused the most havoc among the passengers. Oh! 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 No. oh said the bright young people. Just exactly like being inside a cocktail shaker, said Miles Malpractice. Too, too sick-making, said Miss Runcible. Kitty Blackwater and Fanny Throbbing lay one above the other in their bunks, rigid from wig to toe. Fanny, I wonder, do you think the champagne... To Father Rothschild, no passage was worse than any other. He thought of the sufferings of the saints, the mutability of human nature, the four last things, 
and between whiles repeated snatches of the penitential psalms. The leader of His Majesty's opposition lay sunk in a rather glorious coma, made splendid by dreams of oriental imagery, of painted paper houses, of golden dragons and gardens of almond blossom, of humble, caressing little golden hands and eyes shaped like almonds and the colour of night. The ship creaked in every plate, doors slammed, trunks fell about and the wind howled, but above all the roar and clatter there rose from the second-class ladies' saloon the despairing voices of Mrs. Ape's angels, singing wildly, desperately, as though their hearts would break. Mrs. Ape's famous hymn, There Ain't No Flies on the Lamb of God. Adam Fenwick Symes sat among the good sailors in the smoking room, drinking his third Irish whisky and wondering how soon he would definitely feel ill.